0: going Giants fans you want to know what's better than one Fireside Giants episode in a day Two Fireside Giants episodes in a day today. We're talking about the 53-man roster just finalized at 4 p.m. We talked about the trade this morning. Without Anthony, I said, I'm going off on my own, guys. I got to record about the 53-man roster. I can't leave you guys hanging. So here we are. We're going to break it down, take a look at some of the players that were released and the guys that didn't make this team. And some guys I think that could end up probably being moved or cut maybe tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of waiver claims put in. There's some really good players. There's uh, one or two guys that I have in mind. I'll I'll float those names here way you guys can determine if you think that's a good option for the Giants if they do make it to us I think we're towards the bottom because of our uh, playoff spot last year but nonetheless let's take a look at this 53-man roster that was just dropped so the quarterbacks Daniel Jones Tyrod Taylor the Giants decided not to go with three quarterbacks Tommy DeVito gets the wave and obviously they're going to try to bring him back to the practice squad there's a lot of quarterbacks floating around out there PJ Walker is a lot of guys Uh, so I think Tommy DeVito does end up clearing waivers as an undrafted free agent and he lands back on the practice squad as a nice little developmental piece that could probably take over for Tyrod Taylor next year if we're being honest. So looking over at the running back group, Saquon Barkley, Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell sneaks his way well into the roster over Jay Sean Corbin and then you have Eric Gray. So we all kind of assumed Eric Gray, Saquon Barkley were going to be on the roster but I think the Brightwell thing, he's been injured all of preseason. They must really like his special teams value. You know, he had some decent runs when he was active um, as a running back but you know, special teams, that's where he's going to really make an impact right now as the fourth running back here. They decided to go Matt Bretta over Jay Sean Corbin for obvious reasons as I kind of illustrated on the last podcast. Mainly that Breda is just experience. Like he averaged 4.1 yards per carry last year when Saquon Barkley was not um, on the field. So looking at what he can do. He's also a really good pass catcher. There's a little bit of a a difference when it comes to him, Ja'Sean Corbin, who doesn't have any special teams value. I'd rather go with the experience um, at this point in time, so I agree with that move. Brightwell, I could have seen him getting cut, uh, but I guess I like his special teams value as a kick return or whatever it might be. Um, So, you know, he makes the roster for the time being. Looking over at the wide receivers, this is an interesting one. So, Paris Campbell, obviously a lock. Isaiah Hodgins, a lock. You got Jalen Hyatt. Wondell activated off the pup list on Tuesday morning ahead of the cuts, and Wondell Robinson was really, really good from zero to nine yards from the line of scrimmage last year. He hauled in nine receptions over 13 targets against the Detroit Lions in week 11 before he went down. And guys, if you're wondering how I know all these statistics, all I do is write about these guys all day long. I'm just firing off stats left and right. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> go look it up. They're all right. It's crazy. And then you have Sterling Shepard. So Sterling Shepard makes the roster. We all assume this was the case. Some people thought maybe there was a, a question there. But Sterling Shepard, um, you know, he's one of those guys that just... He's a leader. He He's just like an energizer bunny on the sideline. He can come and he can play inside and now A lot of people think he's traditionally just a slot guy. And while he does play a lot in the slot, he has a lot of experience. I think last year um, before he went down, he was playing on the boundary like 60% of the time. So he has the experience playing on the outside. He's a great route runner. His burst seems to be back. As long as he's healthy, um, I think we're in good shape there with Sterling Shepard. But another thing that I really like about him um, is that you know he, com- he comes back on a veteran minimum deal. You're not going to get a play are as good as Sterling Shepard on a veteran minimum deal. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, you know, coming off the injury, of course, you have to kind of hold your breath a little bit, but I do feel like as long as he's not relied on as our wide receiver one, which has happened in the past, I think we're in good shape. It's when we over-rely on him that he gets hurt, um, but I think there's so many mouths to feed now, you're not going to see Sterling Shepard forcing a ridiculous amount of targets. We're going to have to give the ball to Paris Campbell, Hodgins, Hyatt, Robinson, and then Darius Slayton, um, who I do think is going to be a really solid player for the Giants this year. Obviously, he's been working with Drew Lieberman. We, We spoke to him a couple weeks ago, and Drew said he's just working on playing at 100%. In the past, he's only played like 80 75%. Now he's working at really utilizing that speed athletic profile you know really using his hands attacking the football instead of letting it come to him being aggressive um, and and not dropping the football. That was a main point of emphasis for Drew um, and what they're trying to do with Darius Slayton. So, you know, looking over at um, what happened there with Cole Beasley, he gets cut, but they're saying that Cole Beasley could actually get uh, re-signed to the practice squad as a free agent because he's a vested veteran. He doesn't hit waiver wire. He becomes a free agent. Giants can bring him back. I do think there's a little bit of gas left in the tank there, but I think they just wanted to go with a little bit more youth and guys that know the system a little bit better um, and have been playing a little bit more frequently. Then you look over at tight end. This is a really cool one. So, of course, Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, solidified. But the third tight end here is Lawrence Cager. So, Tommy Sweeney doesn't make it. A couple other guys um, get the boot. But Lawrence Cager, wide receiver transition to tight end. He's a really good pass catcher, guys. This guy can step on the field, give Darren Waller a breather, and become a, a really good piece on this offense. He's fast. He can you know utilize those crossing concepts. He can get down quickly. Is he going to block at a high level? Definitely not. He's not a really good blocker, but that's why you have Daniel Bellinger. But he's a Really good supplement to Darren Waller. You know, of course, he's not Waller. He's nowhere near as good as him. Uh, but I think Kadras is, is a fine depth piece to have in case you need to give Waller a breather. You want to get some, you know, unique sets in there. <clears throat> start confusing opposing defenses and whatnot. So I do think he's an asset. I'm really happy that he did make this team. So the offensive linemen, though, this is where things get a little bit curious. And I have a couple of ideas for them. Um, so Ben Bredesen makes the roster. Josh Azudu makes the roster. Mark Lewinsky makes it. Shane Lemieux makes it. Don't know why. Shane Lemieux has been injured and bad for a long time. He had a good preseason. So I'll give him that. I think he played like 115 total snaps. And he didn't give up a single pressure. Uh, so there is reason to believe that he could be an okay player. He played a little bit of left guard, a little bit of center, um, a couple snaps of right guard, I believe. So, you know, looking at Shane Lemieux, um, he's, he's a... I would call him a liability, um, just because we haven't seen any consistency from him um, in regular season action or ever since he's been drafted. I think it was a sixth or fifth round pick. So Lemieux, I I I just need to see him stay healthy. Like that's the that's the end all be all of it. He was facing off against like third fourth stringers at the end of the day. So um, we haven't really seen him go up against top of the line guys in a long time. And you know him making the roster. If there's another guy that comes around that can offer a little bit more value and that has been healthy, I think the Giants may end up cutting Shane Lemieux. And then you have Marcus McKethan, who was a draft pick last year you have evan neal of course on the roster matt Parrett, john michael schmitz and andrew thomas matt parrot i know the giants did release tyree phillips a lot of people like tyree phillips i think the only reason they kept Parrett is because uh he can play left tackle too tyree phillips really only has experience as a right tackle so important to note that but i do believe that matt parrot that bit of versatility saved his roster his roster spot however there is a player that I do like that I think the Giants could consider. His name is Connor Galvin. So the Detroit Lions recently released Connor Galvin. You know, he's a former, like, just, I think it was like a Pac-12 player of the year or something for Baylor. Um, so he was really, really solid. I liked him. Um, he looked really good during preseason. I believe he only gave up two pressures, um, had some really good run, uh, some really good pass-blocking snaps. And uh, they say that he's going to be a good zone-blocking um, offensive lineman at the NFL level. Now, the, the problem is, is that he has a little bit short arms. Sometimes he lacks power. He needs to get a little bit stronger. But they say that he could play swing tackle and interior. He has a lot of versatility. Um, he's a player that I would love to bring and consider uh, maybe even replacing Shane Lemieux with him and then giving him some opportunity. Or pair You could replace him with pair The only thing is Parrott has NFL snaps under his belt, whereas Connor Galvin is an undrafted rookie. So um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they went after a guy like this. Some nice upside. He's six foot seven, 300 pounds. Um, like I said, two pressures over 65 snaps. 59 of those snaps came at left tackle. So um, the, he did stand out during camp. The Lions liked him. They're hoping he clears waivers. Just a guy to keep an eye on, someone that maybe the Giants say, hey, this is a nice little piece here, Looks good uh, during preseason, and they got a firsthand look at him because we played the Lions. So maybe there's something to that. Now looking over at... Um, The linebacker group. A couple interesting ones here, and a big, a really interesting one, actually. So Cam Brown makes the roster, and the only reason Cam Brown makes the roster is because he's a really freaking good special teams player. Cam Brown is an excellent special teams player. That's why he's sticking around, not because he's going to make an impact as a linebacker on this team. Carter Coughlin, another really good, um, you know, special teams player asset I would say he's not going to play a lot of linebacker for us unless he's forced to but he had a couple nice plays he had two tackles for a loss in this most recent game I saw some positive stuff from Carter Coughlin as a defender um not just a special teams player of course Micah McFadden is the expected starter alongside Bobby Bobby Aziz Ojalari. they list him as a linebacker outside linebacker obviously then you have um, O'Karake, the free agent signing four years 40 million dollars we interviewed him Okereke was voted a captain today. Um, Waller was as well. So two incumbents, two guys coming into this team this offseason became uh, captains, which is really exciting. I think that's a really good sign for the Giants and how their leadership is already panning out. Um, Okereke is such a good dude. If you watch the episode where we interviewed him, he is going to be a force for this team. He is a great guy. He loves the game. He is a leader. Um, he's got the tangibles, the intangibles. He's strong. He's fast. He can cover. This dude's a stud. He's going to be a really good player probably one of the best linebackers We've had in over a decade, uh, to be quite honest. Now you have Isaiah Simmons. So the low risk, high reward. Isaiah Simmons. You give a seventh round pick. You take on a million, um, a million dollars in salary hit. Um, it's next to nothing. This was a gamble worth taking for Isaiah Simmons. He can do a lot for you. But I think they're going to. Giants are going to use him predominantly as a as a, a inside linebacker for the beginning of the season. I think they're probably going to use him a lot on third downs, rushing the passer, stopping the run, maybe covering a little bit. They're going to get him involved all over the place with an athlete like this you just want to really utilize him as this multi-faceted positionless player that's why I think Simmons could be a nice piece for this Giants team then you have Kayvon Thibodeau and Jihad Ward if you didn't notice there's one player off this list that I that we didn't list and it's Darian Beavers. Darian Beavers was waived. Um, so former 6th round pick, we were really excited about him before the ACL tear. He goes down and the main reason I think this happened was because the Giants have a lot of young developmental youth on this team and I think that they just needed some more veteran, you know, stewardship. I think they needed a little bit more experience on the roster, especially at linebacker. Like if you look at inside linebacker, if you look at this kind of situation right now, Um, You know, Michael McFadden doesn't have much experience. Carter Coughlin, not much. Brown, not much. Bobby O'Karrike is the only guy. I think they go out and sign someone with a little bit of experience. Another name I'll throw out there is is former Houston Texans captain Christian Kirksey. Um, He was just uh, released, I think, yesterday. So... That's an option, too. Christian Kirksey, really experienced. I wonder how much he would cost. I would be really curious to see if the Giants bring him in to compete. Um, Obviously, they cut him for a reason. Maybe it was salary cap implications. But if the Giants have a little bit of money, bring him in to compete alongside McFadden. It really can't hurt. Um, So... The Beavers one definitely was interesting to me. I found that to be really surprising. I was like, whoa, like, that's that's interesting. But I guess I understand it. Uh, maybe he lands on the practice squad and continues his development. On the defensive line, we have DJ Davidson, Dexter Lawrence, Rakim nunez rochette and Jordan Riley. So really excited to see Jordan Riley making this team as a seventh-round rookie. Um, the Giants really are hitting a lot of these late-round picks, to be honest with you. Aishon Robinson, of course, and Leonard Williams. So a lot of experience there mixed with run-stopping prowess. The Giants made moves, guys. Freaking moves to improve their run stopping this year. Bobby O'Carriquet is, is a headliner there, of course. Uh, uh, you know, Nacho is tremendous in that regard. Ashawn Robinson's an absolute bully. Dexter Lawrence is one of the best in football. Jordan Riley's a, a double team, like kind of absorbing contact type of guy. Really solid young piece there. I'm excited about him. And then Leonard Williams is Leonard Williams. Really good player all around. Now we finish here on the defensive backs. Deontay Banks, which is his number. Um, I think he's going to 25, if I'm not mistaken, from 36. You have Dane Belton, makes the team of Of course, Cordell Flott, Trey Hawkins expecting to start alongside Banks on week one against Dallas. Darnay Holmes makes the team because he takes that roster cut. Adoree Jackson, Bobby McCain makes the team. And I called this one a long time ago. I actually like Bobby McCain. Um, I thought they might waive him with an injury resettlement because of the concussion he suffered. But it seems like it's not too bad. It's possible they still release him and replace him. But Bobby Cain's like Julian Love light. I think that he can do some decent stuff for the Giants. I also see um, Nick McLeod in that regard as well. They kind of transitioned him back to cornerback, actually. Um, They had him kind of testing his wits at safety. So he also has that Julian Love kind of mentality as well. Can play a lot of different positions, which is good. Xavier McKinney, um, Javarius Owens, you know, our seventh-round rookie this year, another guy. Um, Safety out of Houston, good tackler. You know, he hits hits freaking runners. Um, He can play a little but a big nickel, he's a free safety, he can play in the box, like he can do a lot of stuff for you, Javarius Owens, he had a really good preseason, picked up an injury against the Jets, but it seems like he's going to be okay, uh, but I like him as a developmental piece, you know, maybe he takes a big step forward next year, and God forbid we lose McKinney in free agency, the Giants say, hey, Javarius, maybe this is your chance to step up and become a starter, I hope the guy that doesn't happen, but you know, it, we've seen crazier things happen in the NFL, um, then you have Jason Pinnock, who's our, who's our supposed strong uh, safety, the starter there at least, and the special team, Graham Gano, Jamie Gillen, and Casey Kreider. So, this is a good roster, guys. The, the starters, I'll say this the starters across the board are really solid. Daniel Jones, Saquon, Paris, Hodgins, Hyatt, Robinson, Slayton, Shep, you know, Waller and Bellinger starting. Bredesen, I assume, will start. Glowinski, you know, he's okay. Uh, Evan Neal, big step forwarding from him. John Michael Schmitz looks really good so far. Andrew Thomas starting. You know, he's obviously a superstar. Aziz Ojalari, I have a lot of faith in. Bobby O'Karake, Micah McFadden. You know, Thibodeau's in line for a big year. Dexter Lawrence. um, Then you have, of course, Leonard Williams and the DBs. Deontay Banks, Trey Hawkins, Adore. You know, you have Xavier McKinney and Jason Pinnock. These starters here are really solid, guys. I really think that this team could be something good and and special this year. Um, They really fixed one big weakness and that was run stopping. They they really overhauled that unit, brought in some really good pass catchers, upgraded the tight end position. This is the best it's looking years. You still get Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones second year in a system. I mean, what's not to like, guys? I feel like we're in a really good spot for one time. At least we're we're excited for the right reasons and the optimism is legit. The optimism is real here. I'm feeling really solid about it, um, but obviously tomorrow we have some waiver wire announcements. After 1 p.m., we'll know who the Giants pick up, and then we'll be able to assess the guys who they let go to make those moves if they do make any moves. But I think they will because we do need some depth offensive linemen. Um, and then of course we got Boogie Basham, who I actually didn't list as um, you know part of that defensive edge group, but he will be on the roster tomorrow. I guess they will have to make room for him one way or another. So this will be interesting to see how they get Boogie in there. Um, really good, you know, edge setter. You know, okay against the run. Okay against, you know, in pass rush, a good rotational piece to give guys like, uh, you know, Letter Williams some rest and maybe help out the outside linebacker group a little bit. He was listed as a linebacker, so that's interesting how they're going in that direction 25 years old, Um, you know, second round pick out of Wake Forest, good player. Uh, I think the Bills just didn't really, maybe he wasn't a good scheme fit. He's a good size. I think he's like 6'7", like 270 or something crazy like that. Um, He's a big boy, so I'm excited to see what he can do for this Giants team, how our coaching staff really gets him uh, active and and ready to go for the regular season but guys always happy to hear perspectives down below make sure to like and subscribe and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside giants episode